Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day and heading into Final Four weekend. The specials now through Tuesday. Milwaukee's best premium ice and light 24-pack cans, just $9.95. Stop in and check out the new single Big Cans and Tivana Craft Ice Tea. And the pickle bar, of course, second to none, led by the barrels and the dills, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. David Jones of the Patriot News and PennLive.com in just a moment. But first, the play-by-play call of the day. Here we go. 16 seconds to a championship. Penn State's March Garden Party could close with 26 wins and their second-ever NIT championship and the first-ever under Patrick Chambers. The Nittany Lions win the 2018 NIT championship, defeating Utah 82-66. All right, that knucklehead with the call last night from Madison Square Garden who worked with the highly competent Dick Girardi. And now we bring in the highly competent and uh, outstanding writer for the Patriot News and PennLive.com, David Jones. David, it's great to see you last night. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Doing well. How about you? <laughs> how, late, how late did you get back? I, I got about four hours of sleep, and then uh, my German Shepherd puppy woke me up, so it was <laughs> there was no turning back at that point. Never is, David. Uh, you know, let's. I want to turn to you to get some perspective on this. This was a young team making the turn to a veteran team that won this, as opposed to an older team that closed out and and won it. So, what did you see in the elements of this that are that are building blocks moving forward? Well, it depends on how many blocks we have left, right? That's right. Uh, um, I, I, I. I don't know what Tony Carr is going to do. I don't pretend to know. I know he, I'm, I'm sure he would like to go to the NBA, but if he hears back that he's going to be the 47th pick in the draft or somewhere between the 40th and 47th, I question whether it would be a good idea for him to jump uh, simply because you don't get any guaranteed money. You don't get any guaranteed roster spot. You can get some pretty good money if you're in the top of the second round. Uh, you can make a deal where an agent makes you a deal to look. I've got I've got a contract in hand or a, a, a deal in place where we can get you uh, get you on the summer league team, get you a free few hundred thousand dollars. But then there is there is no guarantee, and I don't really know if uh, I, I don't watch enough NBA. Dick would probably be Dick Girardi would probably be a better yeah. opinion on whether he thinks uh, Tony uh, Tony's game is applicable to the NBA. I personally don't think he plays fast enough. Uh, I think that leisurely pace he plays with would be sped up a lot by bigger guards, guards, uh, guards his side, who are 6'5", yeah. with that 6'7 reach, 
who can really move, who can move like 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 little little guys like Justin Bivens, except they're a lot bigger. Uh, so right. that would be my concern. If the, if he comes back and he has the attitude that he's had most of the last month, man, mm-hmm. they would be formidable. They would be uh, tremendous. And then this whole thing is a building block. Um, without him, then they have to rejigger a lot of things. I, I, I don't know what your opinion is. I think Josh Reeves might be the point guard. What do you think? He or if it depends on what they would see from Jazir Bolden, for example. But Reeves, you and I both know, David, did a lot of, you know, they put Tony off the ball at times. Because, look, you know, there are ways of resting players as they play. One of them yeah. is to take the point guard off the ball. Well, yeah, Josh Reeves of, had the ability had the ability to do that to then go to your point, which I think is pretty astute. That maybe he could be the guy that could run it at times. Yeah, I don't think that. From what I've heard about Rasir Bolton, he's not he, Bolton. He's not a, a true point. He's more of a right. a hybrid, uh, a smallish shooting guard. That he's, and he's not going to be nearly as strong with the ball as uh, Tony and. Jamari Wheeler on the offensive end, I don't I really don't know what he gives you. He's like a he's like a situational player where you put him in for defense and defense only. So I think it would, would be Josh Reeves ball if Tony leaves, in my opinion. And 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 with Miles Dredd, who's a really good recruit out of the D C area, they might not drop off that much. They'd be a very different team. But I think they'd still have a shot at the NCAAs next year. It'd just be a different kind of team, for sure. Let's go through something here now. I think that's important because you and I both know that you know this is a, a, a heavy football area. So because it's a heavy football area, they understand how the NFL draft works. Within two weeks after the season, you put your name in, and then boom, that is it. Now you go to all-star games, then you go to combines, then your pro day. This process is completely different, and I think there needs to be some education as to how the process actually works, which you know well. Yeah, you, you, they've really liberalized it recently, and it, can, it, it uh, Tony might not make his decision until early June because you uh, you can, and as long as you don't hire an agent, uh, you can take that long. If uh, you hire an agent up front, then it's irrevocable. Uh, but if you don't, you can test the waters, get lots of advice. Um, uh, get get opinions from from N- NBA people, and then make your decision. Uh, it all depends on whether you hire an agent. And you know the smart thing to do is to, is to not get all your opinions first. And that's the way the rule, the r- more recent rule, has been designed. Uh, it's the smart way to do it, and it's it's much much better than than prior. Uh, you're going to go to the Final Four in San Antonio. Give me a quick thought or two about the Final Four matchups tomorrow night and a couple of things you're going to be zeroing in on. Well, I always like Michigan to make this thing. Mm-hmm. I just think they, they, they have a new emphasis on defense that they've never had before. You used to see Michigan, and even John Beeline teams, a really, really good coach, but you would see as recently as two years ago. And uh, he's they've been transformed by this assistant coach, too. Their defense has been really, really good this year. Uh, I believe it's number four in efficiency in the whole country. Uh, as judged by, by uh, Ken Palm, which is actually mm-hmm. better than their offense. Yeah. Um, they don't really try to turn you over much. 
But as you, as everyone saw, if they went to the Penn State game in State College, my God, Xavier Simpson is a tremendous on-ball defender. And they've got guys who take defense seriously, as uh, one of their, their, uh, their coaching staff says now. You don't hope the other team's going to miss. You have to make them miss. And Michigan has done that. I think you'd, you could say arguably the, the best defense Penn State played this year was when they scored 63 points against Michigan, would you not? Uh, I, th- I think so because it, the, they're that good. The one area of Michigan, you know, it's interesting how Leonard Hamilton was criticizing quarters by the last 11 seconds and not fouling in a four-point game. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, you're going to the free throw right. shooting, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to this part. I'm watching the game, David, and I'm thinking with three minutes to go, Florida State should start, start fouling. You got to. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you got to start. You got to think outside the box. You have to think outside the box when you need possessions, and because of minute, because of Matthews and Simpson, that's the one area where if you get into that bind, you can then I think without three three and a half minutes to go, sometimes get yourself additional possessions. By, by playing it that way. What do you think of that? Well, it's worth pointing out that Duncan Robinson had the ball with 11 seconds, so Leonard Kidd. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah exactly right. That's the, the there's bridge. your 90% guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, he's one guy who's going to hit those free throws. So yep. I, I didn't really – I thought it was much ado about nothing, even though that is what you standard – the standard thing you do. Sure, right. but, I mean, 11 seconds, you're down yep. four, and Duncan Robinson's going to line. You're probably going to lose. It's not a big deal. Right. Um that said, there have been dicey uh, free-throw shooting teams who did a lot of other things well, who if they got the ball to the right guy, uh, that it was, it was going to work out for them. And, and I, just, I, I think Beeline is due, man. I just think he's, he's due as a coach. Um, he's been so good for so long. And it's not like they've got a bunch of stumble bums up there who can't, all of them who can't shoot free throws. Uh, Abdul Rahman's about 75%. Um, uh, Jordan Poole might be out there. He's 82%. Um, Mo, Wag- Mo Wagner's uh, 70 or 71, somewhere in there. They're, yeah, they've enough. got guys who, yeah. they can, they, who can, they can put on the floor are not going to hurt them on defense. But we'll take care of that. And, you know, we didn't mention Duck and Robinson. What is he, 88 or 89? He's 89. Yeah. I think guys they'll have on the floor at the end, you're usually going to get around that. Uh, I don't think it's that big a deal. And the the upside for Michigan is their versatility. They can do so many things, especially with John Teske has really been playing well as a big man, um, as a second big man. He's kind of mirrors the uh, improvement of John Harrah who has played so well the last month for uh, Penn State. The more playing time he's gotten, I mean, I don't know if you can believe that guy, but he, I, I never thought he would be that good a player. Do you? I mean, he's, he is a big-shouldered rebounder, and he gets his hands on a defensive board. He doesn't let it go very often. I thought, as I watched him, I thought he was a work in progress, so I didn't know where he'd be right now because I thought he'd yeah. be a work in progress. I thought he would be a guy that if he got into a role of rebounding and screening, he could really he could help them. But he did a little bit more around the bucket, even though it was just a couple baskets here and there, but he really helped them there, and especially offensive rebounding. Yeah, he's got good hands, and that's what we heard about yeah. him. You, you wonder about a football player, especially you know a, a, a line a line guy, whether they're going to have 
dexterous hands, but he does. You know, he gets a ball. He doesn't usually it doesn't usually slip out of his hands. And it was funny. Larry Kristoviak was talking about how there his guys were getting their hands on balls, and then they would they would they would slip out. And and Penn State's guys doesn't happen with Lamar Stevens and and Harar. I mean, I I I think he has really improved to the point where you can. You can you can think about using him for 15 or 16 minutes now, next year, and that that's something we probably didn't anticipate. Oh, nearly two decades ago, I get a call from David, and David, you know, I I got moved up to the football position, and David says, "Look, I want to write something." He says, "I want I want you to trust me. You know, I'll do a good job with it." And of course, I trusted him, and he did an awesome job with it. I want to now return the favor to you, and that is this. You are going into the U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame. When you devaluing Dick Girardi's award, (laughs) (laughs) you and I were both there that day for that. It was great. Your your induction has forever been devalued. (laughs) (laughs) But what did it mean to you when you found that out? Oh, I was stunned. I I smiled all day. I was in. I was doing stuff for the. uh, I was in Charlotte. Uh, doing stuff as the football writers, the other of uh, the other trade association we have, the Football Writers Association of America. I was president last year, so you have to go around and you you hand out a lot of awards. And I was in Charlotte when Joe Mitch from the Basketball Writers called me, and you know I thought maybe somewhere down the line it might happen in football. I never dreamed it would happen in basketball, and it made me so happy because you know people probably realize I really love college basketball. I adore college basketball. And for my peers to to, to think of me that way, really having worked at a mid-sized taper all this time for a, let's face it, a program that is not exactly Indiana, uh, <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful surprise. It was tremendous. So I'm really excited about Monday. Which then brings me to the next part. A lot of times we will see these items happen, and there'll be writers from, and justifiably so, by the way, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago. I mean, Charlie Pierce, Boston is going to be a part of this. Yeah, Luke carved out, from Chicago, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You've carved out all of this, with all due respect, out of Harrisburg. How touched are you that recognition of someone who does great work but works out of Harrisburg is recognized nationally like that. You know, I think I drank beer with the right people. Is all it really comes to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've gotten to know some influential people, and uh, I can tell stories around uh, around beers. I think that's really all it comes down to, and they laugh. I don't know. I got no idea, yeah. dude. I'm just happy. No, about well, it. No, no. I think it's an. Incre- I, I think it speaks volumes about the work. I mean, that, that's what it speaks volumes about. Now, I want to go to the next part. Your mother was wonderful. As, as, you know, hey, you were great. You. you were great to her, man. That was, that was, I'll always remember that. What was it? It's been 12 years now, right? Yeah, yeah it's been a dozen years. Have you thought I, at all what, what she would think about Monday oh, morning? She would, she, you know, she, she was the kind of mom who watched the Cincinnati Reds with me because I was watching them when I was 12. <laughs> Or left. And she learned about baseball. I don't know how your mom was, but yeah. she learned about sports because she wanted, she had empathy and inclusion in her heart. She was a saint. And the only reason she watched 
sports is because I was watching them. That's why she watched and learned. Yeah, she was she was a, a great mom, and she she ended up playing catch with me more than my dad did, simply because <laughs> she wanted to make her little boy happy, and yeah. she was available. Um, the 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 thing about I I should tell people that I was I had my mom up to uh, meet Joe Paterno because against my better judgment because you don't want to put yourself in any kind of compromising position and that's kind of a special thing but but Joe said he would do it and my mom always kind of wanted to meet him so this was what was that 2006 I think that's so, yeah, 2006 yeah yep. yeah and. You, uh, the, the, I, I forgot about a, one, a gig like this. I had to do a radio show in, uh, in uh, I, I don't know if it was Columbus or Chicago, someplace I forgot about it. And the guy calls, and I went, oh, God. So I, I had to do something quick because my mom is 87 in a lobby of a hotel up on the north side of Columbus, and I've, now I've got to leave for 15 minutes. And you just sat and kept her busy. I asked you to do it. Or, or either you that you didn't. I didn't even ask you to do it. You just went and did it, right? You just started talking to her, right? Yeah, I just yeah, I just started talking to her. Yeah, yeah, because you 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 realized she was just sitting there and had nobody to talk to, which is one of the nicest. You know, she liked you better than she liked Paterno. <laughs> she told me that. She told me that later. So that that Steve, what's his name? Steve Jones. I really liked him. <laughs> Well, I thought she was she was marvelous. I had a great time with her, a great time with her. You know, the thing is, buddy, we we cover this program. Which, <laughs> how would you term this program? I mean, it's just it's been how long for you? Thirty four years, thirty five. How long have you been doing it? I just just finished my thirty sixth season. Oh my god! And think of all the crappy basketball you've seen. But you have to, you have to be invested in it. You have to be hopeful for your your listeners, and we're always trying to figure out well, what will it take for this program to ascend to a level where it's at least stable. And here yeah, we are. That's a really that's a really good point. Yep. Well, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm saying that's a really good point. What is it going to take for it to ascend to a, a level where there's a level of, of positive consistency? How about that? And, and neither of us have ever seen it. In all these decades, we've never seen that happen, right? Am I missing, uh, am I missing no, a stage no, there? No. no I, th- I, th- that's, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. I guess 90, uh, 90 to 96 is the closest they came. But in the middle of that was the uh, a 2 and 16 Big 10 season. So you can't call that stable. Uh, uh-huh. and I I I there is no other stage that I know of. So you know, it's it's it, we we love the freaks though around this program who are who remain fans. And we can yeah. probably name both name 5 or ten guys who are just they remain hopeful. <laughs> they remain hopeful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a what weird, la- it's a weird I know. program, man. I know. Uh, one last personal question for you: Along the way, did people discourage you from from staying in the writing profession? And if so, what was it about you inside that said 
No, no, this is who I am. Oh, I would never listen to those people. This is this is what I found and what I loved. My degree is in industrial design at Ohio State. I mean, I got my degree and I was already writing high school sports for the Columbus Dispatch. I had already made my decision, this is what I want to do before I graduated from Ohio State. And I loved it. The first time I got a byline was like, wow, this is this is it, this is it. So I went ahead and got the degree. No one could have dissuaded me. It's the best way to make a living I can think of. And you probably think the same thing of, uh, of what you do. Oh, no, I thoroughly, completely love what I do. Completely We're getting love paid for this. I know. We get paid to do this. What a uh, damn. And you know what? I know. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. But, <laughs> what, but what, yeah, one final point about that. When you one thing about you, you'll write to me a really good column is one that makes you think. I may agree with every part of it, some of it, or none of it, but if it makes you think, you always make me think. Number two, whenever I read your column, because of all the times I've talked with you, it's like reading how you speak. Well, I always loved, you know, everyone's got a favorite writer if they read a lot, and. The more I read, you know, when you first start writing, you think, thank you, first of all. That's real, those are really nice things to say. And the, the one guy I always loved to read, and I started thinking about why I loved to read him, was the late film critic, Roger Ebert. He yeah. was a Big Ten graduate mm-hmm. also, went to Illinois. And he, you know, a lot of film critics, and I like reading movie reviews, at least I used to, because there used to be a lot of great movie reviewers out there, Jake Cox and Richard Schickel and all these yep. guys, but Ebert was always the best, because other guys, you love to read the bad reviews of bad movies, because they were funny. <laughs> With, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, yep. they were, Jake Cox and, and was fantastic at Newsweek, you know, when he got a bad movie, it was hilarious, you know? And, but but Ebert made you love reading his reviews of movies he loved. He yeah. loved the business of cinema. He loved the business of great movies, popular movies, art movies, all kinds of movies. He loved it. And you start thinking about why, and it's because he thinks. He didn't try to create word art. He didn't try to create prose, and that's what you do when you start out when you're young. You think, oh, I've got to sound like Gary Smith. No, you don't. Right. All you have to do is think. Think, think. keep asking yourself why in every sense. Why do people act this way? And if you really think about it, you'll have a, an answer. It might not be, always be the right answer, but at least it's worth talking about. It's interesting because the the human condition, because people are weird. And they do funny things. And that's what Ebert, that's the way Ebert describes movies. And the more I, I read him, the more I loved him. Because every time he wrote something, you could tell he thought. He didn't try to write until he thought. And so that's, to me, that's the greatest compliment you can give to any writing. That they're not trying to, they're not trying to fake it. They're not posing. They're actually trying to think about the situation. Now, maybe they got their, their, their base information wrong or maybe their take wasn't too accurate in one way or another but at least so at least you know they tried to think about whoever was doing what and why they were doing and that's and why Dick, I love and Dick Girardi's like that yes I mean, yes yeah. perfect I mean Dick 
Dick never wrote flowery purple prose ever, oh. ever. But you read, you got done with his columns, and you know he's not faking it. He's not trying to put on any airs. He's not trying to make you impressed with him. He's just telling a story. He's telling a story, man, and trying to give you some answers. That's it. Well, I appreciate the time you gave us today because I wanted to not only talk about Penn State or the Final Four, but I thought it was also important for people to get just a better feel on on you, how you got to this point, and you know, and about an honor. But maybe I know Bob Flounders wrote something really, really great about that, but maybe a lot of other people didn't realize that this honor was going to happen. I want to make sure everybody knew about it. That's really nice of you, Steve, and. Uh... I, I don't know where the where the uh, uh, radio play-by-play man Hall of Fame is, but I'll go if you get inducted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I apologize; I won't be in San Antonio because I, if it were closer, I would give give it a shot. So, yeah, Girardi's not going to be there either. He's going to he's going to the track. He doesn't care. He said if he, <laughs> if he gets if he, he hits the rainbow six or something, then oh. he'll uh, book a. a a three thousand dollar flight and yeah. come down. And you and I both know he is going after the Rainbow Six. <laughs> <laughs> the man never took, never didn't take a big swing in his life. Is that not true? Oh, he's something else, isn't he? he I mean, look, yeah. he knows where the fences are. He, in fact, before Major League Baseball in the recent years started going with the uppercut swing, he was years above them. <laughs> All right, David, same trip. Uh, Congratulations. Enjoy every second of it. You earned it. Thanks a lot, Steve. David Jones, who on Monday will go into the U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame for all the work he's done over the years, most especially with the Patriot News and with PenLive.com. We will come back, the Sultan of Swat, in the final half hour as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by. Our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patience. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by 
Our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Time to stock up for the Final Four. Enjoy. I can tell you right now, the person that you're listening to right now is not doing a thing this weekend. Zero. Not even taking phone calls. (laughs) Nobody can find me. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Bags are right there at the register. Don't forget Milwaukee's best premium ice and light. 24-pack cans, just $9.95. And you can also stop in and check out the new single big cans and Tivana Craft Iced Tea. And, of course, the pickle bars, second to none, led by the barrels and the dills. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We now bring in the Giancarlo Stanton of our show, the Sultan of Swat himself. So, what's new? (laughs) Not much. Woke up this morning and... Came back. <laughs> That's all. That's all. That's what we did. The, they were tired. They slept <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> I was tired. I slept too. I missed the freaking game. So, uh, uh, they played. Well, I, <laughs> I, think, no, I watched I, it later online. I, I saw yeah. quite a bit of it. So, but I missed it. I I woke up and said, "Oh my god! I can't believe it." So. Oh, well, well I, I I said to uh, Sean on Wednesday, because we didn't have a show yesterday, I think Sean said, well, what do you think of the matchup? And all I said was, I really, really like the matchup. <laughs> and, I mean, Penn State wh- played in that tournament like, I mean, they could have made Sweet 16 easy. Um, maybe well, Elite is, 8, the way they this, played, they could have beat anyone in front of them. So. This is what happens when you put an NCAA team into the NIT. Yeah. Well, I mean, you yourself said they weren't going to get a bid, so. Right. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm yeah. just saying that I felt talent-wise and level of play, they were an NCAA team. Well, a lot of okay. people let's, felt let's that. Start. They just didn't right. have the... Right. And then you go to the Ohio State three times. They didn't have the resume to do it. Right. You go to the resume part. Okay. And the reason, and people are saying, well, gee, they were only seated fourth in the NIT. I know why they were seated fourth. I know why. Because I talked to Bruce Rasmussen of the uh, NCAA selection committee. He was the head of it this year. And Dick and I talked to him. Talked to him in Lincoln, and I talked to him in New York. And he said that you get into whatever NCAA or NIT based on what you did all season. You were seeded by what you are currently, and that injuries are taken into account in mm-hmm. the current seeding. Well, Watkins was hurt. Watkins ever played. I mean, right. Watkins may, maybe about two, three weeks from now, Watkins actually could play. But that's why they were, okay, they don't have Watkins, so they moved him down a couple lines. Well, it didn't matter. They still blew by everybody anyway. Look, without the NIT, you don't play at Notre Dame and win. Yep. Without the NIT, oh, you don't NIT play at Marquette and win. Yeah. I, I, I don't look at the NIT like it's a weak tournament at all. I look at it like it's strong. It's teams that easily could have been in the NCAA. You know, to, 
And you know sports. Who's ever peaking? The New York football giants, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you peak at the right time, you can put a whooping on anybody. So, And they did. They, their games weren't even close. No. No, the, know, end like the, I, third, the, end, the end of the third quarter last night, I looked at Dick Girardi and said, over, done. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they reminded me of how the UConn women win basketball games. They, they play with you, they play with you, and then they put a dagger into you. And they start knocking down those threes, and it's the other team. You watch them, they're hanging their head down. They're like, we're scoring two, they're scoring three, you know? And game over. That's what the UConn women do to teams. That doesn't mean you win all the time, but... But you know what? I, I, I want to bring up some. I want to actually bring up something about that because Gino, the Final Four is in Columbus. They'll play tonight. Yeah. And we don't usually talk women's basketball here, but I will hear because he it was an interesting topic was brought up by him about how difficult and wearing this long term run of success can be. And, of course, you're going to get the cynic that's going to say, I'd like to have your problems. Look at all the talent you got. Every situation is unique unto itself. And to have that constant, even though they may have the talent, they may have it, but to constantly play every game where you are the biggest game on anybody's schedule and fan base, there is a pressure to that. That and I don't think is, is appreciated. That's, I mean, why lose. did John Wooden get out at a relatively young age? Okay, why? Well, they won a lot, though. Um, no, but I mean, Wooden Gino's got, but so is Gino. Lot, but... Okay, it, it, because it is there is a there is a there is a drain to this and a pressure to this that unless you've walked in those footsteps, you wouldn't understand. And Wooden actually got out at a relatively young age. Like relatively, I mean, uh, and it could have kept going, but he said, "No, nah, I've had enough." He knows he never went back. Well, you hear a lot of coaches a lot of times say, "I really don't want to go undefeated." You know, I I need my team to get a loss. I want that pressure taken off them. The UConn senior girls, uh, I may be a couple numbers off are like 148 and 2. They've lost two games in their four years at UConn. That means I mean, you can't even wrap your hands around that. that and they he's right. And you could this is the first year Geno's looked old. He looked old after the uh, they cut down the nets at the Elite Eight. And he made that comment then that it's hard. He's not enjoying it anymore. And if they lose tonight, it is devastating. It's like, you know, like like the team just, if Notre Dame wins tonight, which they can, they're a good basketball team, um, it'll be like they won the national championship, like Mississippi State last year when they knocked UConn off, and then they couldn't play South Carolina. So... Well, no, because I mean that was they just conquered Everest, and then oh, yeah. somebody looked over it, at them and said, "You know, you got to go over to peak number two, too." You know. Yeah, and with the UConn team, every every senior class is trying to keep up with the others. You know, like it was. It, 
their thing is you can't lose. That's it. You know that that's it's not about we got to win. It's we can't lose, or everyone will say, "Ha, they're the team that lost." And right. that, that that's a tough way. Again, like you said, it's a good problem to have. A lot of coaches would love to have it, but they they've raised the bar so high on themselves that they're starting to not enjoy it. That's kind of weird to say, but. You know, you bring up a really good point, and he's bringing it up. So, tired of being the target all the time. That if they lose, it's just like devastating. When your team, if they lose tonight, that'll mean what are they this year? Thirty-six and one, right? And what a disappointment! <laughs> so, well, wow, see, you it, know? It, I think it's one thing to be the hunt, the hunter. Yeah, the hunter is hungry. All right. The hunted has to figure out a way to stay hungry yeah. while also realizing the hunter is coming at them. And This group is a little different for him because, like he says, they they kind of like, they're like, ah, oh, well, coach, you know. Ah, they'll have bad practices, and they say, well, we'll win. <laughs> they walk away, and he says they do. They win. Uh, well, but the one but Mike Krzyzewski said the same thing McGraw. earlier this year when they lost to St. John's. He said, there are times I can't get through to these kids. I mean, Mike yeah. said that. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, when you don't lose, you have to find things to, you know, when you lose a game, the coach can go back and say, watch this, look at this, look at what you did. This, You know, he doesn't have that. He's got to pick on things that, you know, other coaches wouldn't bother with. And well, I, I talked to Russ Rose about this, the women's volleyball coach at Penn State, and of course they had a Final Four year this year. Yep. And Penn State went on a run of winning four consecutive national championships. Wow. And I, I was talking to Russ, and look, I can just sit down and you know, like talk with Russ, and the two of us will talk at a golf cart, and it'll be a very frank conversation, like very frank, because he knows I'm, you know. I'm not going to go anywhere with it. It's between him and me. Now, this part I can share. And I said, I said, you seen, I said, how important has it been to make them understand they're zero and zero and it's a new season? And he said, that's to him the part he tries to impart every time to them, that, look, you are now a, a, a new team unique unto yourself. Because remember, every team is. You may have carryover holdover, but think about this. Seniors leave. Freshmen come in. Now you have different personalities. You've lost personalities in your locker room. You have new personalities coming in. How do you make that mesh? How does that work? Every team is, especially in college, an entity unto itself. The important part is for the coach to, in order to impart a sense of hunger, hey, look, you're starting from square one, even though outside the room, the noise is telling you it's a carryover of greatness. And I think that's what something that Russ has done. It's something Gino's done, where they've been able to convince these teams that they are their own team and entity unto themselves. And they've surrounded themselves with very good assistant coaches because they they can deal a lot with that stuff. You know, to just play game. You know, it's... Like you said, there's very few teams that have this problem, but 
I mean, no one's going to feel bad for Geno. No one's going to feel bad for the Penn State volleyball team, you know, if they lose the game. But And, I mean, you watch a game. If UConn starts losing or the other team gets within 10 points, the announcers get all excited. And it's like, oh, look yeah. what's happened. And it's, it's like, come on, man. The other team is trying to win the game, too. And mark my words, Notre Dame gives UConn fits. And... You have to feel bad for Muffet McGraw, the head coach of Notre Dame. She's had I, I tremendous just, I, I, teams, and I, UConn I, has been in her way. <laughs> I literally just talked to Muffet McGraw 12 days ago. Really? Uh, yeah, at, when we were out at Notre Dame. Really yeah. great, to, great to talk to, great to deal with. She doesn't have a lot of players. I think she's down to like seven scholarship players on that team. Maybe yeah, they're all injured, but they're a very good basketball team. Hey, they were beating UConn this year. Um, with five minutes left in the game, they had a seven-point lead, and UConn turned yeah. it on and beat them. Um, and that's with other players. They've got a lot of injuries, a lot of knee injuries, blown-out knees. But yes. they're still extraordinarily good. I mean, they beat an Oregon team that was supposed to go to the final two. And they beat them the other night. They're, but anyway, we're talking women's basketball. Penn State won the NIT. <laughs> That's yeah. so cool. I yes, can't they, believe it. So, yeah, was they, it, like, it's it's special. What they did was special. And look, is this the greatest Penn State team of all time? Of course, the 1954 team went to the Final Four. So I mean, you know, but this, this is the is most as tal- good a team as I've ever seen. This is and the most talented. The, the last one that won the NIT, they were good. This team played great. I mean, these games weren't close. They blew these teams out. And you could argue the other team, should they been in the NCAA? I don't know. But this team, definitely. This team, peaking the way they are, could have at least Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8. They could have beat anyone along the way. And it I turns think. out that uh, Ken Pomeroy always updates his rankings, and so does ESPN, by the way, with their BPI. Yeah. Penn State's 19th now in the Ken Palm rankings as of today, and they're 20th in the ESPN BPI. Good Pretty for good. them. Yeah. It's because of the way they won, I think. I, they, they just uh, were so uh, dominant. Penn State, Penn State had 19 wins out of 26 this year mm-hmm. by double digits. Yeah, they were like a heartbeat away from being great all year, and then it all clicked. Uh, good for them. Who do they lose? Shep Garner, Julian yeah. Moore, and that's it for the seniors. So one starter, one bench player, and then of wow. course we'll see what we'll see what happens with Tony Carr. I think uh, my advice simple: it would it, I would never volunteer this to Tony Carr. You know, if if he or his father asked me, then I would answer it this way, and because it's not my, it's not my responsibility or position to advise anybody on anything. If they, so yeah, I know, ask, but they can I'll answer their opinion. So right. It's, right, and I would say, look, too. don't get an agent, don't get an agent, enter your name into the draft, get an evaluation. Then by the end of May, first week of June, make up your mind as to what they've told you, pro and con, and then make your decision. I. I'm a fan who watches on TV. He's not ready for the NBA. He needs another year on the college level. 
I well, I think what's interesting opinion. about the college, and I pointed this out earlier in the show, but I'll make the point again. You always look at the one and dones. Well, when you look at the high school crop of seniors coming out right now nationally, mm-hmm. it is actually one of the weaker groups that we've seen in a while, which indicates that the door might be open to more underclassmen being drafted next year than this year. Uh, and again, if he can sign a, if he thinks he can make a team and sign a big contract, go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you can go back to school. You can take summer classes. You can do a lot of that, but you're not going to get an opportunity to make this kind of money any other way. So go for it. But, right. That, that, you got to hear the right thing, though. You can't get yourself locked into one of those $24,000 a year G League contracts where, okay, now it's like, hey, great, Erie's playing Canton. Yeah. Okay, this is going well. Your stock is higher in college. You're more visible. Nobody will well, you're see more you visible. Playing you're playing league. in front of bigger crowds. There's more yeah. emotion. You're getting really good coverage. There's a lot of elements to it. But again, you're absolutely right. If somebody says to him, hey, we think you're going to be between 25 and 35. Come on, he's got it at that point. He's got to sit there and go, yeah, you know what? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, who am I? <laughs> I couldn't even go to the game. I had to stay at this stupid company. <laughs> if somebody said I'm going to pay that. you $5 million, I would say I'll do whatever. I'll wash your car for you, too, you know. But <laughs> I, I hope he... I hope whatever decision he makes, it's the right one for him. Yeah, so, absolutely. That, and you know what? Yeah. That's all anybody wants for him. I mean, that's all yeah. I want for him. I mean, yeah. you, have you heard me one time say, oh, boy, he needs to come back? No, I've talked logically about, look, this is the process. This is what he's got to go through. Let's see what they tell him. I mean, these are professional talent evaluators. Because it's well, the draft, the... they're not trying to recruit you. Please, Come to the Milwaukee Bucks. No, they're going to tell you. You can do this, this, and this. Because guess what? When they go back to the Bucks front office and say, "Here's my evaluation of the guy," it better be spot on. <laughs> there was a, and you know, I'm not in love with the guy, but I watched the John Calipari uh, thirty thirty on ESPN. Yep. I don't know if you saw that. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen um, it. He was coaching at Memphis, and the name of the player. Derek Rose, me. huh? Derek that Rose. That was another guy. It was, a, it was Derek Rose. He, he knew it was going to go, but right. It, I think it was Memphis. A- anyway, the kid was a freshman. He was a tremendous high school player, and as a freshman, Calipari um, recruited him. And after the freshman year, the kid came in to ask the coach's advice on, you know, what to do. Should he turn pro? And Cal Perry took his uh, scholarship and tore it up. He said, go for the money. You're never going to yeah. get another chance. I think it's Darius Walker. Does that yeah. ring a bell? He only played one year in the NBA, but he signed a $5 million contract. He got yeah. hurt and could never play again. He just... Uh, he get hurt, or he was oh, they removed I, half of his intestines, something I, like that. What he happened, had a what happened, but he was a first round pick. That's why he got guaranteed money. Yeah, and Cal Berry said, you know, if he hadn't turned pro, 
In other words, he didn't blow a knee out. He had, you know, something that would have happened to him regardless. So if that money's in front of you, take it. You'll never get another chance to make that kind of money. Well, if it's guaranteed, that's the key to me is the guaranteed part. If I had to pick something, it's the guarantee that makes the big difference. If if it gets into one of those, well, you know, they have these 50-50 contracts. Yep. You're like, okay, it's a 50-50 contract, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. A lot of football right. contracts are that way. Well, 50-50 is like when you're in the G League, you're making 70, 50 to 75000 Then you get the NBA minimum if you're called up for, for 10 days. Then you go back down to the other salary. That's a 50-50. Right. That's a hard way to live. Hey, with this talk of the G League guys, I was surprised to hear about the uh, Syracuse recruit decided to pull his name out of school and just go right into the G League. Yeah, that was a first. That was a first, right? So, yeah, but it's a first up to it's a first going to the G League. But there have been a couple of guys like Emmanuel Moutier, who instead of going to SMU, ended up playing in China for a year. Mm. Then, then again, because you have to be nineteen to be in the draft and a year out of high school. Didn't the uh, crazy father do that with his kids too? Took them out of oh, UCLA. Yeah. yeah, they they went to Lithuania. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I don't and, know. and now now Leangelo, I think it's Leangelo's. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> Kevin just said the crazy father, and we knew exactly who he was talking about. Lavar <laughs> <Levar> Ball. <laughs> Have a ball. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine having a father like that. I don't know. Man, dude, you've seen a lot of cool stuff. That's cool. I thought about that on the bus on the way back before I fell asleep. Mm. uh, (laughs) uh, You know, you get to go to great great places, do great things along the way. You get to travel to nice places, stay in nice hotels. They, They... by other people are paying to go to games. They pay you to be at the game. You get to be an active participant by speaking. Uh, I mean, just in the last, you know, 15 months, I've I've done a Big Ten championship game, a Rose Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl, and an IT championship. It's not a bad life. No, not at all. I've been here. <laughs> I can't even the company. <laughs> I can't think of any of the company. I wanted to get your towels, but let's see. I can't think of we too many to other. Once, so. I can't think of any too many other late afternoon radio talk show hosts that have uh, have enjoyed that the last year and a half. So Not we're, we're many. lucky. We're lucky. Plus, 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 you get pickles. Yes. Sometime I will get pickles. Only a matter of time. <laughs> well. Let's not let's not like get too excited. <laughs> Congratulations, guys! Have a happy Thanks. Easter. Oh. Happy Easter, everybody! Happy Passover as well. Yep. We'll talk Today's to show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.